We're still in our series that all things new and the blessings of doubt. That's the title of the message. No doubt that we are going to eventually open as a church, not today and not next Sunday, but I promise you that come June, in June somewhere, that we're going to be relaunching, and that's why we need all of our volunteers that will be up to date of what we're going to be doing. I promise you, as a congregation, you will know a couple weeks out what the, what the church has done to prepare for you and sanitizing everything and equipment and the live streaming, everything that we're doing to make it a welcome encounter that would you have when you come back to Chandler first. But let's get into this message, shall we? The blessings of doubt. You know, doubt could be such a powerful thing. It could cause us to question long-time beliefs. It could lead us into a frame of mind that we become cynical over everything. It can turn our focus totally inward where we lose the ability to just plain trust in anything or anyone. Well, when was the last time that you have had any doubt? And, and I could almost hear you saying, uh, Pastor, uh, you see what's going on around us? Are you kidding me? I doubt everything and everybody these days. It could be like you may have a toddler at home and, 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 and two of them, and they're out in the backyard, and, and the little girl comes running into the house. Oh, mommy, you know, my brother pushed me down. And, and then he comes in and he has this look. I didn't do that. But you saw the look on the little girl's face and come to realize, uh, I doubt what he is saying. Or perhaps you have a mechanic tell you that you needed a XYZ fixed in your car. You didn't even know that your car had an XYZ of whatever that was, or that you never really heard of such XYZ in any car, which begins to give you an overwhelming sense of doubt. Here's one that I really love is, is that you, you, you have this rash, especially these days, you have this rash and you post it on Facebook that you have this rash, and within 10 minutes later, you have self-proclaimed medical specialists telling you that your hand is going to fall off of your body. Well, maybe let's get into what's really happening around us today. I hate and love what our political authorities are doing. These poor people, they're being challenged in every single statement in which they are making. They make a statement. I could Google it. I could get two different opinions, both of them giving me great insight of, of what they may be saying. And then I take one of those opinions and I Google that and I get two opposite opinions even on that. It just makes me scratch my head with doubt. Or you hear of the opposite opinions in our judicial system and it leaves us scratching our head once again. Then let's talk about COVID-19, okay? Well, let's not. I don't want to talk about that at this time. You're hearing way more than you probably need to hear in the news that is broadcasting 24-7. But in the midst of all this doubting issues going on in our heads, when was the last time that you had any doubts about your faith? Perhaps you had a long 
term friend that you just looked at this couple and you just thought they were just fit to be together. Then all of a sudden, you heard that they were getting a divorce because of betrayal and infidelity. You asked yourself, God, where were you in all this? Then you have a family member who you just absolutely adore. They have always been there for you. They have been a rock for you in your walk in faith in Christ. And they get this doctor's report. Well, all of a sudden, they're in trouble. We had that happen this past week in a dear man in a church. D, within two months of getting sick, he had found out he had stage four cancer and he passed away. You want to say, God, where are you in all of this? Or maybe you had this job that, that provided well and gave you opportunity to give to some really meaningful charities and, and overall really made life comfortable and secure for you. But now it's in jeopardy. And you're saying, God, where are you in all this? Here's something that I'm not sure that, that you've ever really thought of. Doubt can actually be a blessing. Now, I, I know that I know doubt is the opposite of, of certainty or belief or trust. It could break down our perceptions. It could erode everything that is around us in dealing with our self-confidence. It could call into question things that we really thought good about. Now we're not sure. Not only things, but even people. I would be lying to you if I said that I never even had doubt in my faith journey, for I have. For me at times when someone who was really close or special to you passes away, you're saying, God, where are you in this? Or when you're struggling with ministry, you're saying, God, where are you in this? Or when stress hits, maybe within the family issues or something of that sort, you go, where are you in this prayer? How can doubt be a blessing? Well, let me get into the word here. If a week after Jesus' resurrection, we read a story about Thomas. I kind of like that guy, because you know, that's my name, Thomas. And he appears only in the Gospel of John. And immediately after the resurrection, and Mary Magdalene's encounter with the risen Savior, we see this familiar story. See, Thomas is struggling with what is going on because he's having a hard time really believing that Jesus is alive. It takes Jesus a week to get back with the disciples and after his resurrection. And I really find it, it interesting in and seeing how this all transpired. When, when Thomas first had that encounter with Jesus, he says, Lord, my God, doubt was wiped away in the face of the resurrection faith. But Thomas' doubt has always been the people that they focus on as, well, you know, he's the bad guy. He's a guy that has been labeled from generation to generation doubting Thomas. 
There is a professor, author, and theologian, Barbara Brown Taylor. She said this, that John's problem, in the book of John, was uh, containing this problem within the church, and it continues to grow in the church, of how can we encourage people in their faith with Jesus Christ when they have never even seen him or touched him? Well, he, John takes this story and he makes a way that we can. You see, by detailing the, the reluctant disciple and all of his doubt, what we do is that we take John's words and we put it in our own mouth. So we see that how can we deal with his doubt? Thomas was not even there the very first time the disciples had the encounter with Jesus Christ. I find that interesting. All the disciples were there except for Thomas. Where was he? Did you know that, that Thomas was something like Peter? You know, his, his distinguished himself by being that personality who would say what he was thinking. When Jesus was bent on going to Lazarus' home in Bethany, now, that was not a good place. There was a lot of upheaval, and there's a whole lot of people who just didn't like Jesus or his teaching. And John, I mean, Thomas made this statement. He says, let us also go that we may die with him. That doesn't sound like a doubting Thomas to me, does it? But when Jesus sat down at the table at that last supper and told his, his friends not to be afraid. And, and he tells them uh, they know the way in which he was going. It was Thomas who really spoke his mind. And, and here's what he said. Thomas said this, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Just thought it and spoke it. No filter. Thomas was not, well a particular follower, or at least not automatically. He was this brave disciple that spoke for Christ. In fact, when you study Thomas, he was one of the disciples that took the gospel the furthest. He died in India. But you see, he had this trouble of dealing with his reality when Jesus wasn't there. He, Here's what we really need to know in times of what we are living in. Pay attention to this because this is very important. Doubt doesn't rise, arise out of total unbelief, but rather out of questioning the event or be, um, belief that runs counter to the accepted realities. We don't doubt because we don't believe in anything. We doubt. Now, pay attention. We doubt because it is difficult for us to accept some new realities that is opposite to our long-perceiving understanding. Thomas was not someone who didn't believe in God. He is one of those disciples who was so devoted to him. He, he, he even asked Jesus, uh, now how will we know where to go as your disciples? Thomas wanted to follow him. Thomas was one of Jesus' faithful friends and followers. He come to believe that God was present even in his doubt. But, but, 
But when he saw the Lord crucified, hanging on that cross, when he was there with seeing him put him in that tomb, he just could not believe that there was any different reality than the one that he was witnessing. But listen to me, church. In the midst of doubt and skepticism, God is nevertheless present. You need to hear that. He is forever with us. In the midst of Thomas' questions of grief, where he was hiding out of fear, Jesus stood before him and said, Peace be with you. Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Wow, I want you to remember that. Peace be with you as the Father sent me, so send I you. This COVID-19 has made all types of changes in our life. It's just shifted everything around us, and we're doing our best never just to accept status quo. And this is what I'm so grateful for. Our almighty God is immensely patient with us. He's giving us time to be able to come to terms with our new reality. And in that, by his grace, his love, his compassion, his patience, he waits on us. You see, in the challenging world in which we are living in, we may have a whole boatload of doubt. But remember this. He's forever with us. If you're doubting even your self-worth, remember that God is with you. He treasures you, my friend. You are his crowning glory. Not the beautiful Alps or the beautiful sunset of the oceans, but you are his crowning glory. If you're doubting God's place in the world in which we're living in or, or in your own personal life, he's saying, be patient. In fact, what he's saying is peace be with you. <laughs> I would say chill out. If you're doubting what the church's purpose is and where you fit into it, remember when he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so send I, you. You have purpose and you have meaning. What Thomas did is that he searched. Now here's where doubt, get ready, here is where doubt becomes a blessing. In Acts, the sixth chapter, verse seven, it says, in the message of God, kept on growing and spreading and the number of disciples continued to increase and greatly in Jerusalem. And a large number of disciples were becoming obedient to the faith and accepting Jesus as Messiah and acknowledged him as a source of eternal salvation. Tucked away in the scripture, there is this footnote that just a few months after that Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension of heaven, he's saying this is a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Out of their doubt, what happened is that they kept searching. I love the idea that realizing that as they kept searching, they found this truth. See, in the midst of this COVID-19, 
that it created a whole lot of doubt in a lot of people's lives. Keep searching. And John 8:32 tells us the truth will set you free. Hmm. When the chaos of this new season of this 21st century church erupted, the message that God was giving us is that the church kept on growing and spreading. Why? It's because in the midst of all that doubt, they were searching for the truth. I truly believe, church, is that when we all gather together again, it's going to be nothing like we used to have. As you keep searching for that truth, the body of Christ is going to grow. You see, Matthew 7, 7 through 8 says this, Ask, and keep asking, and it will be given to you. Seek, and keep seeking, and you will find. Knock, and keep on knocking, and the doors will be opened to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives, and who keeps on seeking finds. And to him who keeps on knocking, it will be open. That's called obedience. That's called searching. That's called seeking. And when they were seeking, they came to that knowledge of Christ and salvation. See, in the midst of any doubt, that may be trying to hinder your spiritual growth. Seek the truth. Seek God. Let your doubt motivate you to find the answers. Our doubt can actually be a blessing to us. And as we seek him, God is not in this game that he's playing hide and seek to us. He is actually right here with us all the time. Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. That's seeking, my friend. And he will make your path straight and smooth. We're moving obstacles that block your way. You see, what he's removing is doubt because you're finding truth. That's when doubt becomes a blessing. Then as Jesus said to the disciples in the midst of their confusion and wonder when he says, peace be with you, he says this, and I believe he says this to the church today. He says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. You see, you have a purpose. God has a plan for your life. You're wondering what's going to be happening. Is that behind the scenes, God is moving miraculously. I have heard God do some incredible miracles in people's lives in these past several weeks. I have seen God's blessing upon the church that I haven't seen for a long time. 
how the doors that he's opened up, how he's given us amazing people to be able to do the broadcast that we're doing, the, the work of the spirit that he's doing in the lives of our youth and our children and our volunteers and our adults and our seniors. People is, God is moving miraculously even when we don't see it in other people's lives because we are separated. But he's at work. So I tell you, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. I could never forget the day that I was ordained. Arlene and I, we stood at that altar. I gave my Bible to that, to that pastor who was standing in front of me ahead of time. And they were preaching, and, and, and then at that time of ordaining us, Here's, here's what the preacher said. He had, he said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. He said, preach to me. And they gave that Bible to me. And Arlene and I took a hold of it, and instantly we fell to her knee. It was like an electric bolt that came to us because it was the truth of the Lord. I want you to know that in the midst of this COVID-19, in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this political upheaval that's going on all around us, in the midst of it all, God is at work. And what people need to hear around us is that the Father is sending us. My friend, you seek the truth. And that doubt will be God. And we will see God's hand as we work together and when we come back we're going to see an absolutely amazing expedition in the world because in the midst of that came the hunger to know the truth 